DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're going to talk with former BYU football player Vic Soto. He's now the defensive line coach at USC. He's going to join us coming up at 9.30 here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Right now, it's time to talk with Joe Ingles. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show <laughs> with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Joe, what is new and exciting? <laughs> um, I went for a drive outside and had the windows down. That was kind of cool. <laughs> That's about it. Wow, man, you are living on the edge. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much we can do. Obviously, not much has changed, and um, I don't really want to go out into public too much and even even with uh, six feet or whatever um, all the kind of rules are so um, I slipped into the supermarket one time real quick to grab some stuff for, for the kids and stuff and that's been about it for 29 days <laughs> I'm wondering for you in this situation since you haven't had basketball now for about a month does it feel like the off season to you right now? It's It's definitely the um, I guess closest feeling to that without uh, I think mindset wise you you obviously we're, we're, we're all telling ourselves it's not we're, we're obviously trying to work out and do what we can to to stay ready if, if something does come back um, but I'm not going to lie it's not it's not easy it's not um, easy to just get up every day and obviously the, the motivation like it's given me a clear indication that when I retire, I'm not going to be motivated, that motivated to work out. I know that for sure. Um, I think finding some different hobbies and stuff will be my initial kind of workouts. Like I've really enjoyed being able to walk outside and be in the mountains here, and, and we've done some some morning hikes and stuff in the morning with, with Renee and myself. But um, the motivation, obviously, for us, I was saying it the other day to someone, to, to a friend, it's like we normally get a text that says be here at 9 o'clock for weights and 10 o'clock practice and you just kind of roll in there and, and obviously it sounds a bit um, like really like people just do everything for us but it's it's the routine and the plan and, and all that and we just kind of get told what to do and we go and do it. So um, without that, it's just my routine revolves around obviously Renee and the kids and letting Renee get a workout first and foremost and, and and obviously playing with the kids and then trying to figure out obviously myself um, doing what I need to do to, to stay as close in shape as I can. 
Joe, we've been doing the show together a, a long time, the three of us together, and then PK and I have been doing it since 2002, and we're doing social distancing now, so I can't see PK because he's, he's at home, I'm in the studio, and, and you know it's safer that way, and that's just the way it's going to have to be for a while. But when you dropped a Renee and the kids right there, I know he smiled. You did, didn't you, PK? Renee and the kids. <laughs> There's no doubt oh in my, my mind. <laughs> you know yeah, that's spot on, right. Joe. You are impressed. <laughs> well, I don't know because I, I don't really listen back to how I talk, so I don't really like – can hear it coming out of my voice now, but I don't – I definitely have never <laughs> re-listened to one of these shows, so I don't, I don't know. Well, you uh, should. You can hear about Renee and the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Man. <laughs> All right, we threw it out there for our listeners to ask you some questions, so we're going to mix those Great. in as we go along this morning. But one thing I want to know before we get to that is you, you told us earlier that the Jazz, um, and, and I've read this from other athletes, other teams, other sports, it's pretty common, they drop off some stuff at the house so that you can work out and, and maintain some level of fitness. It's not obviously the same as playing in the NBA, but you can do something. Uh, but I'm curious about, the and someone actually did send this in do you have access to a hoop do you have a hoop indoors or outdoors uh do you have a way to get shots up right now um i didn't until about five days ago um it's been like it's been brought up i've seen other players i think Giannis tweeted or something about or spoke in the interview about it and then the percentage of of players that would actually have a, a half court or a full court indoors like a proper court would be obviously the percents would would be super low. Um, a lot of guys that have houses, I would assume, have a basketball hoop. I've seen you see online or, or whatever, but guys are are out there shooting. Um, I never had, never did, because I had always used home as home. Like home was my getaway from from everything. I didn't want to come home from practice and go out in the driveway and start shooting again. I wanted to be with my kids and Renee and stuff. So. Um, I'd, I'd never had a hoop um, at any of my house. I did obviously growing up as a kid, but that was that was the last time. And uh, I actually I've got a, a great partner in Lifetime that I've I've been with and done some great stuff with. And um, Lifetime obviously have have outdoor hoops. So I contacted my my guy from there, and and they brought one over and dropped it off. So it's the first time I've had a hoop in my own house for a while, and. Um, I'm not going to lie, I actually haven't been out there and shot once since having it, but it's going to be the closest thing that you can get to. Oh, we, we've all got, they, the Jazz all dropped a, a ball off to us um, so we can dribble it around. Like my kids dribble around the house and I'll dribble it around or whatever. But um, every, I mean, everyone's everyone's going to be in the, the same boat except that percentage of guys that have a, have a hoop at their house. So it's, it's a very tough and difficult kind of situation to be in. I'm wondering, Joe, what's going to happen with your national team? Because obviously the Olympics have been postponed for a year. Is anything going to change? Or are they just moving the schedule, whatever it be, this year up to next year? Yeah, I think it just kind of bumps forward. It's pretty much exactly the same time as it was going to be this year. I think it's a day out, a day out from what it was. Um, so hopefully, um, and this is, we've had a couple emails from our um, guys from the national team, but yeah, obviously originally it was kind of moved forward as, as normal and then hope 
that it works itself out and obviously it hasn't so they postponed for a year and um, yeah I, I mean basically everything for us will just get pushed back a year um, we had already booked we had already booked accommodation months ago because of, of how <laughs> how in need it is over there um, Renee and the kids and stuff were going to come over so we we booked accommodation and they, and even that has, has kind of automatically been pushed back to a year so we, we still get our, our accommodation in a year's time and whatever so um, yeah I think everything in everyone that was involved players coaches whoever it was um, basically everything just got pushed back a year Obviously, you got multiple players playing for multiple teams, and I have heard Rudy mention beating Donovan in international play. Is there a lot of talk back and forth about that, or is that uh, not something that comes up in the locker room very often? Um, sometimes leading up to it. Um, obviously, depending on who. And usually for Worlds or Olympics, the, the, the groups get named before the tournament um, a little bit in advance, so you kind of know who you're coming up against and the other pool that you're going to cross over with um, you can get through so uh, it's it's not not massive I mean we've like I, I mean I've played Rudy a ton of times now and um, we've probably beaten them more in regular games they obviously beat us for, for the bronze which I'd give all the the regular pool games back if I could could win that bronze medal game so um, yeah I've, I've been lucky to play a lot of guys I've played against. I've played Raul a couple a couple of times with Brazil. Um, I've played Ricky way too many times with uh, with Spain. Um, so you obviously, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of banter. I know when we played, when I played Rudy, me and Rudy were both kind of talking to each other um, at the World Cup just gone. And um, just a bit more, obviously, the fun side of it, because you know, I know Rudy, I know what he wants to do. I knew he wanted to block one of my shots and like little things like that. But, um, obviously, at the end of the day, you're, you're still teammates uh, at another point, so there's always a, a respect level there as well. This horse competition that they're talking about, does that do anything for you? Absolutely not. I think it's absolutely stupid, but uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> I know there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people out there that are, are missing basketball. I know there's, there's obviously jazz fans out there. We get tweets and whatever every day of, of how much people are missing it. So um, to have, I don't even know who's doing it. Um, I just saw a, a tweet saying it was going to be on ESPN or whatever. And obviously there's a lot of uh, time slots that have that need to be filled up from, from what would have been games. So um yeah, it's cool. I guess people will, they're, they're obviously the guys that have hoops at home. Um, yeah, it'll be, I'm sure whoever wants to watch it will have a great time, but I will not be participating in that or watching it. PK had the idea that there should be, uh, you know, like the local sports regionals, should have the horse contest for each individual local club. Would you be interested in going against some of the guys on your team just to light them up so you could own them? No. No, I'm good. You're good. All right. Uh, we got questions coming in from people here. Wyatt says, uh, wants to know if you've talked to Rudy and Donovan. How much communication is there between teammates right now? Uh, does he want to know Rudy and Donovan specifically? Was that a question? He did. He <laughs> says, has he talked to Rudy and Donovan? And I've then I just I added the part of my teammates. Um, we've had a couple like Zoom calls or whatever you call it, like group things. Um 
I actually texted Rudy last night again because he he bought and posted the the chip cookies and and thanked him for supporting that cause of ours. But um, yeah, I've spoken at all of the different times, um, and like I said, we've had a couple of those group calls as well. So um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty. I guess it's pretty normal really for us in terms of that but it's just that we're not actually going in every day where we normally you normally see each other all day um at practice or traveling or whatever so it's a, it's a bit different but yeah we've we've like i said I mean, we've got a group chat and we've been on group calls and all that so it's um so great to see my teammates i love seeing them uh, what's that deal with that cookies thing explain that we did it last year, um, chip cookie in Salt Lake City, obviously. Uh, I think everyone kind of knows about them there. Made a pretty, pretty big splash in the dessert world, and um, they've been an unbelievable support of, I guess, not only me and, and Renee, but the, the causes that we've um, that, that we support, obviously autism's being the, the main one, and we last year kind of collaborated with um, uh, just a it's still the same flavor, the regular choc chip cookie, but it's just got a blue um, outside on it, so it looks kind of cool. I think they've called it the Cookie Monster. It looks like a Cookie Monster or whatever. Um, and a, a portion of that, the, the proceeds go to, to the autism community, so helping um, a whole list of things. Um, so it's, it, it was really cool last year. I think last year... I don't want to quote the wrong number, but I reckon it was close to, if not around 10000 we raised, which is obviously through the generous people buying the cookies. Um, and we wanted to do it again this year, and, and they obviously wanted to, to do it again um, as well. So they're lucky. Um, they're a business right now that obviously can stay open, and they've got, I think they've got curbside pickup, um, which I did yesterday, and grabbed some and dropped some off to some people, and you can get delivery too, so it's a it's a great um, it's a great company that's supporting us and um, anyone that wants to have some dessert in this troubling time. The nice blue cookie will brighten your day. Vernon just hit us up with a question. Oh, Vernon's getting deep here. He wants you to he wants to oh, yeah. el- elbow the commissioner, move over. You're handling things here, Joe. Vernon wants to know: Will there be an NBA season? Uh, will there be a playoff run? Because he's thinking the season is over. How optimistic are you, Joe? Honestly, like I've I've had these conversations with lots of people because everyone everyone from Australia hits you up and like you're going to play or have you, have you heard anything? And um, we hear maybe a little bit more than what gets put out, but not much more. Like we we get told pretty much the same information that's that's public. Um, usually, Woj is the one that knows everything before everyone anyway. If you, you want to keep updated, he's probably the best guy to, to follow and, and um, get the updates. My my personal, obviously my personal, like I'd, I'd love to go and play. I'd love to be playing right now. Um, my own, this is like not biased or, or any extra info that, that anyone else doesn't know, but I, I just I can't see how it's going to work. Um, like I said, as much as I would love to, I just don't see how... The last tweet, I think it was from Worried, I saw said something about May 1 making a decision, which is is just a decision. So if we if they decide yes in May, then the the rumor is a couple of weeks of, of like a preseason or training camp, whatever. So then you're getting into <laughs> like mid, end of May, start of June. Um, I, I don't know. I just can't see 
honestly how how it can work with without interrupting too many other things or changing the obviously the 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 schedule and season for next year as well by obviously there's a lot of money involved there's a lot of there's a lot of everything um so that's why the commissioner makes the big bucks like he does and gets to make the big decisions because um yeah i think we all fans want to watch us we want to play um but obviously people humans health is, is first and foremost so um, yeah, I just I can't see how it'll work, but I'm still obviously optimistic that we can get back out there for for everyone and and for ourselves. Yeah, that's what I was asking you. As far as do you feel like it's the off season? Because I'd imagine that your mindset off season versus season is different, if not totally different. And now Completely. that you've had a month, it feels like the off season. So how do you turn it back on if there is a season? Um, I mean, as silly as it sounds, like you, you, you don't have a choice. If, if they call us or text us or email or whatever, whatever tomorrow and say we're back in two weeks, um, we'd obviously kind of get back in the facility and, and start doing what we have to do. It's, that's definitely the, the hard part of the situation is um, there, there's been days where I've woken up tired or, or not feeling like working out and it's like, well, if I don't do my workout today, like what's it really going to affect? Like, cause we just don't, there's so much unknown that, um, you just don't know. Like maybe it will, maybe I'll be a session behind everyone else, but maybe nothing's going to happen. And we're going to be in the off season officially in a month's time. Like who, who knows what's going to happen. So, um, obviously motivation wise is up to each individual. Cause you, you want to come back. If we do, you want to come back in, in as good a shape as close to, um, being ready to to get on a court as possible, but that unknown is is the hard part because this is I guarantee you this is the longest majority people have gone without touching a ball or, or getting in a gym. Like there's probably a handful of guys that have courts, like I said, and the rest don't have access to a court. So that was what Giannis had tweeted. Like he doesn't have access to a court, so he's running on the on the treadmill, lifting weights, all that cardio stuff, but. I bet it's the longest he's ever been without uh, being on a basketball court. Well, Joe, as always, we appreciate a few minutes, and uh, thanks for joining us, and, uh, you know, hang out for another week, and we'll check in with you again in a week. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we get to speak again, and maybe some stuff would have changed. <laughs> it'd, be nice, <laughs> okay. it'd be nice to have some different topics. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. There's Joe Ingles, his weekly visit with us. So he's got a hoop, but he's not out shooting free throws yet. Maybe one day. Who knows? Uh, Yeah, I think that uh, at this point now, you know, they're going to have to wait till May 1st to see at least what the update is because it made it sound like Adam Silver's not going to have any updates until minimally May 1st. And at that point, we'll go whatever that update is. <laughs> Even if that update is, check back on May 15th for an update. Which right. may be what it is. You know, that's one of the options, obviously. All right, DJ and PK, Vic Suoto, USC defensive line coach. He's a former BYU football player. He is going to join us next, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Former BYU defensive lineman Devin Kafusi announcing his commitment to transfer to play for Utah. He's had 15 tackles, one sack in 25 games over two years at BYU. Carolina Panthers coach Matt Rule said Wednesday during a video conference that it was the best thing for our team to move on from Cam Newton and move forward with Teddy Bridgewater as the franchise's starting quarterback. Rule indicated the decision had less to do with Newton's health and more to do with Bridgewater being a better fit for their offense. Chicago Bulls are hiring Denver Nuggets general manager to become the franchise's new executive vice president of basketball operations. Utah Jazz GM Justin Zanuck had reportedly interviewed for the job earlier this week. Lakers star LeBron James says it'd be difficult for him to accept an incomplete ending to the NBA season. He says, I don't know if we'll be able to have any closure. I can have some satisfaction on what our team's been able to do this year, having a first-year coach, a first-year system, and a whole new coaching staff. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Was the bigger issue a scheme issue or was it a coaching issue? Both, for sure, playing there. I, I love BYU and all, all the things. And BYU, as, as a, all programs across the nation are trying to figure out what they can do best and stuff. But as for, you know, as for players, you know, you only get four eligible seasons. After spending two there, I just I just felt like I, I now or never. And so uh, I, I need to leave there to find a program I could can, I can fit into better scheme-wise as well as uh, a more established culture in the sense of developing defensive players. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. That's Devin Kafusi played two years at BYU, 25 tackles, now transferring to the U. PK, we talked about this earlier this morning. You want to give people a, uh, a quick lowdown on what you learned talking to uh, Utes or communicating with Utes and Cougars on the uh, coaching staffs yesterday. Yeah, that there was some, some issues there, personal and that's up to the Kafusis to, to see what they want to do with that. And uh, Kalani spent a lot of time with him. I was, I was told a lot of a lot of hours talking with him behind closed doors. And this is what the kid wanted. And there's some playing time factors into it. And so he gets an opportunity to stay local. You know, you hear the family. You know, I certainly know them on the peripheral. I don't know them anything beyond that. Uh, no, not personally, but they obviously seem like a close family. So he gets to stay local. And there's some discussion on whether he's a scholarship player or not. I've heard it from both that you know, he's going to be a walk-on, but I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Time now to talk a little college football with Vic Suoto, former BYU player, now the defensive line coach at USC. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint, making it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Vic, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, man. Excited. What's going on? Uh, well, not a lot of games to talk about, but plenty of other stuff to talk about <laughs> in sports. And uh, curious, 
What is it like right now being the defensive line coach at USC? How's your job changed? How, how are the Trojans adapting to the, uh, the last month? Right. It's kind of, you know, I think everybody's all on, um, all on the same page across the country. It's, it's something new being quarantined and, and with this coronavirus deal. But, um, yeah, we're just installing a new defense, uh, getting the guys, you know, ready to go. Um, and understanding our culture on defense with uh, Coach Orlando, Coach Niber, and Coach Williams. So it's uh, a lot of new stuff uh, for the guys, but overall just taking it one day at a time. Take us through your journey, Vic. You know, obviously you played at BYU, and then you went on to coaching and where you were coaching and how you ended up with uh, at USC because we know they had a, a coordinator change in the offseason. Yeah, so I'm originally from out here, uh, right outside of San Diego, and uh, played for Coach Mendenhall at BYU and played in the league for four years and bounced around to a bunch of different teams. Um, and then I actually wanted to be a radiologist after playing in the NFL, and so uh, we found this loophole where if uh, my wife worked at BYU, I was able to get free tuition. So... Uh, in 2015, my wife was Coach Mendenhall's executive assistant, and I was taking uh, pre-med classes, oh, all my science classes that I didn't take on uh, my undergrad up in Salt Lake. And just one, of, one day, I was just walking by the office, and Coach Mendenhall was like, hey, you know, if you want to be a student assistant or help out with the guys, you know, you're, you're welcome to do that. Um, and so I, I started volunteering and doing some recruiting work uh, with Justin Anderson um, in the recruiting department. And then next thing I knew, I just found myself more in the football facility than, you know, in the library. So uh, my time kind of, you know, just told me that that's kind of what I wanted to do and, and what I should be doing. And then uh, fast forward to Coach Mineral accepting the job of Virginia uh, offered me the graduate assistant job, and then everything else is pretty much history. Our, our D-line coach at the time, uh, after nine months at Virginia, ended up going to um, Oklahoma, uh, Ruffin McNeil. So I got elevated there, and then um, the opportunity came for USC, and um, it's something I just couldn't pass up. So you know how in Provo everything that happens in the BYU football program can become a very big deal. There's a lot of intense interest in a tightly knit community. Now, I don't oh, think, totally. yeah, I don't think Los Angeles is that tightly knit, and yet at the same time the USC community is. So how would you compare every little thing that happens in the USC program and how it makes waves in the area versus BYU? Did did BYU kind of prove? prepare you for some of the intensity of USC or is it even more intense than SC? Yeah, uh, you know, we haven't played any games yet so I'm sure it'll be ramped up you know, wins to losses during the season, but um, yeah, I don't think there's anything like um, playing at BYU and and struggling with BYU. So my senior year was when we had the old heaps and uh, uh, Riley Nelson debacle and um, we ended up uh, our D coordinator got fired at that time and so yeah I don't think there's anything like 
being at, at, at BYU just because um, there's so much vested interest in, in, in um, trying to to get the program back to you know the season where we won the national title. So uh, I haven't seen the intense part of LA yet. Um, I know I haven't seen anything yet that's as intense as, as BYU's media and, and uh, expectations, that's for sure. So considering you played just about every position at BYU except Holder, how did you end up being a defensive line coach? Yeah, uh, really it started with pass rush. Um, I played in the NFL as an outside linebacker. And then when I was helping out um, with BYU and then as a graduate assistant, I kind of ended up being the pastor specialist because that's really what I have a passion for. Like, I love hitting the quarterback and and beating offensive linemen and, and getting tackles for losses, and, and that kind of been, became my niche. And then uh, Coach uh, Ruffin McNeil was, was new to our staff and was the D-line coach. Um, and it was my job to, you know, uh, bridge that that learning curve right there. So I would teach him, and and he would teach me different things. But my job, you know, as a graduate assistant was to help out the defense. And then uh, when he left, I just became a full full time D line coach, and I played D line and coached in all system, um, knew it in and out. And as a smaller guy, I was probably around 245 to 50 playing in a uh, four five, which is, you know, head up on a big off the tackle. Um, I couldn't beat guys with just pure talent. So a lot of what I used in college and what I learned in the NFL became, you know, what I taught because everything came back to technical fundamentals. So we were able to do a lot of really good things out in Virginia with, you know, some guys that um, were overlooked or underrated. Vic Soto joining us, former BYU football player, now the defensive line coach at USC. You referenced your, your NFL time. Uh, Green Bay, Oakland, Washington, Arizona, New Orleans, Pittsburgh. Some of those stops were pretty quick, and yet you're still in team meetings. You're still in practices. Is there anything you picked up from any of the coaches along the way, head coaches, position coaches, coordinators, whoever, in the NFL that you, even if you didn't see it for a long time, you thought – that makes sense to me. I'm going to hold on to that, and you use it now uh, in your own career. Yeah, absolutely. I think every stop, um, regardless of how long it was, you know, um, my mind was always just to take something and learn something. Because uh, as a you know, as a coach now, you don't have those opportunities to be uh, professionally developing during season because you're obviously in down season. Uh, but I felt like those four years. Uh, kind of threw me in the fire of understanding different defenses, understanding what different guys wanted, understanding, you know, the the competitive nature of the NFL within your own position group. Uh, but I think that the biggest thing or, you know, the thing that stands out from my time in the league would probably be, or one coach would be my position coach at Green Bay, um, Kevin Green, who's a Hall of Famer now, uh, just a, a, an amazing guy, but 
he always had a standard of violence and, and physicality and everything that we did. And whether we liked it or not, we were going to strike. Whether we liked it or not, we were going to run and hit. And uh, that that left a huge impression on me. Um, you know, with coming from Coach Mendenhall's program, where everything is effort based and and you're running around and and uh, and you're hitting, but uh, when I got it, when I got to Green Bay and started learning from Kevin Green, it was it, it brought it to life even more. And so, I'd say that's the biggest thing. Uh, obviously, there are guys of all varying degrees of competencies in the NFL, and um, some guys are there because they're they're buddies with the head coach. Uh, but Kevin Green for sure is uh, one that stands out when I, when I look back on my short career in the league um, of guys that I draw from. So SC's not expecting you to come in here and recruit Utah kids to get them down to Los Angeles, are they? Oh, absolutely, man. I'm going across <laughs> the country and, and every island possible to find you know, the best players to help us win a title, I think. Uh, USC, you know, growing up in Southern California and watching USC and, and watching, you know, Matt Leinertz and the Carson Palmers, the Reggie Bushes, you know, Troy Pomalo's junior sales, and, you know, that's the caliber that, that this place deserves and this place is yearning for to get back to that. And so my job, yeah, I'm going to be out in, in uh, Utah all over the place and um, just scouring the country for the best players that fit uh, USC football. So I, I don't know if you can even give us a round number. How many, and I realize everything's come to a halt here in the last month, but how many thousand miles do coaches fly, especially if you're responsible for islands, as you just mentioned? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, let's put it this way. I was a... Uh, the rewards program on Marriott and I, before when I was the GA I was I, I didn't have anything um, but then after two years it's like platinum elite so <laughs> you can imagine how many times we're staying in hotels and um, and then you know the Delta Sky Miles have been through the roof so yeah a lot of a lot of um Connections, a lot of a lot of long hours on planes, especially for me and, and offensive line coaches, man. Like those, those planes, I swear, getting smaller and smaller. So uh, a lot of uncomfortable flights. But I would say, yeah, I, don't, I I wouldn't know where to start with the number, but I just know we're we're probably in the plane more than we're actually out and at the place you know, when we're at when we're out recruiting because we're just flying all over the place. I know they're closed now, but you have you had an opportunity to hit up your favorite Los Angeles beach? Oh, no. Oh, man, no. We're uh, we're actually um, we're living in Manhattan Beach, uh, two blocks from the beach. And, uh, we can't go out there. My kids are dying to, to run around um, on the sand and Honestly, my wife and I, we're dying to throw them out there and just let them run. But uh, we haven't been able to go to see our beaches yet. So Oceanside or Manhattan Beach, Solana Beach or uh, Redondo Beach. Come on, the San Diego beaches are better. You know that. (laughs) 
I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> Norm Chow, have you over for dinner yet? No, not yet, but uh, I think we're in his ward, um, supposedly. <laughs> so there's some rumblings that we're in, in uh, Coach Chow's ward. And if we are, then I will definitely be eating at Norm Chow's house shortly. Vic Soto joining us, USC defensive line coach, uh, former BYU player. Uh, so you were at Virginia in 2016 as a GA, and then you had three years with the defensive line. How did Bronco build that program up? Because that first year was brutal. And this last year was really good. And you could kind of see it trending that way. So uh, if you had to put your finger on a couple things, how did the turnaround happen? Because if anybody goes back and looks at the numbers and the record over four years, really outhouse to the penthouse kind of stuff. Right. Uh, I think it first starts, and I don't. I mean, this is all my opinion, but it first starts with the people. And, uh, you know, taking over a new job um, as a head coach or, you know, trying to turn around um, a business, right? It starts with who you bring in. And I think as a as a unit, as a staff, we're all together and uh, understanding that it's not a it's not going to be a, a day one turnaround. And we knew that before we started winning, we were going to lose. You know, we were probably going to lose a lot because the culture had to change. And so through those that first year, um, losing all those games and and obviously seeing all the negative attention, you know, it's just made us get closer and tighter and work even harder and so there's no you know for us there was no orange bowl there wouldn't be able for the ability to to go to the orange bowl this last year if there wasn't a two and ten season uh so believing you know one having a staff that believes in what you're doing i think is huge um and two having uh, you know having the years the, the 10 or 11 years, whatever it was that Bronco was at BYU, um, having that to back it up. So when players were, were one and six and, and we go down to Virginia Tech and and we're two and nine, we go down to Virginia Tech and get killed 54 to 10, you know, that those guys are riding the bus back home like it's it's going to happen and believing and understanding that it, that it wasn't a, an overnight thing. Um, and then the next thing I would say is offensive play was as far as the quarterback. It's uh, become more and more apparent that this game is a quarterback-driven game. Um, you know, in the NFL, they say it's a quarterback-driven league, but now it's a quarterback-driven game. Uh, so we had some really good quarterbacks. We had a transfer in uh, Kurt Benkert. I was there for two years. And then we had another transfer in, uh, in Bryce Perkins, you know, that, that, that took our – offense to a different level uh and then you know defensively we just started understanding our personnel who we could get um talent acquisition is huge in anything on any business or uh you know team so we found out the guys that we could actually get regardless of stars uh that could play our brand of football and so uh fast forward uh, four years later you know we we had a lot of guys that no one knew about, um, guys that 
teams have given up on. You know, Bryce Perkins, our quarterback, last year, last two years, was given the uh, was given the red light by ASU and, and was told that he couldn't play football anymore. And next thing you know, he's hurdling over defenders and scoring touchdowns for us. So, you know, we ended up finding exactly what was needed for that situation and that team and and that school, uh, and it's taken off. And so uh, I don't think anyone uh, around the, the staff table in Charlottesville was surprised by uh, the four-year turnaround. Uh, it's just what we expected and what we knew what was going to happen if we stayed together and, and uh, you know, blocked out the noise and just kept working. Well, Vic, we appreciate a few minutes. Uh, congratulations on the career move back to Southern California, and when everything gets back to uh, normal and they're playing football again, we'll be uh, we'll be following you, obviously, in the Pac-12 South. Awesome, man. Anytime. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Vic. Vic Suoto, USC defensive line coach, former BYU player. And uh, Bryce Perkins getting the red light at Arizona State, PK. Did you flinch when you heard that? No, because I knew that uh, what's his face, uh, Todd Graham. He recruited like five quarterbacks, and obviously only one can play. I mean, you look at Herm Edwards; he recruited three quarterbacks last year, and they already had one left. So, uh, one transferred. So that's just the way it is. I'm actually happy for Perkins because he he broke his neck. I think it yeah, was. He it did. was a major injury, and he was out of the game for a couple years, and that set him back. So once you you if you recruit multiple quarterbacks in the same class, the chances of those guys being together for the next four or five years is pretty slim. It's just a way. I mean, look at that Yellen kid. I mean, he didn't even last the season. He he transferred out because he got beat out by the Daniels kid. So I get that these kids want to play. And Yellen played against SC last year and looked really good. I think he threw four touchdown passes in his only appearance, basically. So it's understandable that that's the way it is. And no, I was thinking about Vic. You know, it's somewhat risky because SC Helton. It's like he. he He's not coaching for his season. It's like they could fire him any game. You lose any game, and you you can get fired. You know at SC. But I guess that's the risk you got to take in this coaching profession. And the, maybe the more you move around, the more contacts you make. So maybe the more chances you have to stay in the business as a coach, if something should happen. You know he changed. Kelton uh, changed his defensive staff this past season. They bring in Orlando, as Vic just said, and then he gets the job at SC. So there's risk involved, but this is such a shaky business when it comes to job security anyway. Yeah, and I think the other thing he said is, you know, he talked about all the miles and all the hotels and all the recruiting. Uh, Be a great recruiter. You know, if you're a great recruiter and you can go get outstanding talent, especially a pass rusher, which, you know, you recruit in areas, so you might be recruiting in any position. But as a guy who's coaching the D-line, if he hits on a big-time pass rusher, everybody wants those. So even if the job goes away, you know, your career, your, I don't know, he's too young to use the word legacy, uh, but your reputation, you know, your reputation as a recruiter uh, can, can land you in a good spot. Yeah, he's 32 years old now, and if I'm Utah and BYU, I'm a little nervous because yeah, I know he where you're going. He's yeah. a poly kid. He he has the connections here in Utah. He's LDS, obviously speaking in the same ward as Coach Chow. 
And so they already got Tufele, who's a star down there for SC's line, obviously would have been able to play at either school here locally, Utah State for that matter, all three. So with that in mind, you know, you just got to be on the top of your game when it comes to recruiting because the, the these coaches, they come in here and they've pilfered so much talent and it bothers me. You know, I don't I don't begrudge the kid for leaving, but I mean, I seem I have no benefit to having Tufele go to SC. You know, I'd much if he's not going to go to ASU, I'd much rather have him go to BYU or Utah or Utah State so we can get some benefit. And here's a kid who has local connections here in Suoto, and so you'd have to think that man, he's going to have some success. And the LDS kids down in California, wherever they may, and Polynesian kids, and white kids, and black kids, and whomever, whatever kid. So the competition gets tougher. All right, DJ and PK, your feed, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. All right, DJ and PK, it's time for your feedback. And it is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State Street or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. PK, what did you watch last night? Is catching on. 40 nine comments this morning people are into it how do you do it how do you have the really? pulse of the people yeah some people are being funny i think chris says he watched downton abbey uh we've got uh okay uh, we got other people here uh jill says she watched cruelty an icelandic crime thriller um uh, Alan says that he's uh, binge-watching West Wing into Season 3. Randy says the wife and I have been binge-watching Scandal, three to four episodes a night. Don't judge me. So, uh, yeah, we're getting, we're getting a lot of feedback here. Bra- Jake says he watched Braveheart. Freedom! There it is. Uh, tons of feedback on Kafusi okay. transferring, but that's basically breaking down along BYU-Utah lines and has now uh, become an argument about... Uh, uh, the BYU's independence and being in a conference, and it's pretty much gone where you thought it might, PK. Yeah, and you can have fun with that, or you can trash talk however seriously you want to take it. It's up to you. But my whole point is I don't want to see Kalani take a hit on this one because in my background stuff that I did, that's just not right. That's not fair in this case. More about what's doing right for the kid than it is about uh, football depth charts and all that stuff. Yeah, and he also released them with no restrictions. And, you know, from my intelligence folks giving me information that Kalani spent hours with this kid talking through stuff. And there's some other stuff beyond football. And, you know, sometimes coaches are judged by their win and loss records. I get that. And they get that, too, more than I get that. Uh, but, you know, Kalani's trying to do the right thing here in this circumstance. And he's trying to play the best 11 guys, as he talks about. And because of that, you're going to have some ruffled feelings. Or even if they're not ruffled, guys are going to leave your program. And you're going to get guys coming into your program, too, for the same reasons as to why guys go out, to get more playing time, to get a better opportunity. Well, obviously, Tyson uh, helped him out big time. All right, we're out of time. DJ and PK, we'll see you tomorrow.